Hello everyone, John Manson here for Sear Red with a special edition podcast episode as we look ahead to the 2020 Liberty football season. Will there be a football season? Will there be fans allowed? And tackling all those topics and conversations and things change seemingly on a daily, if not hourly basis nowadays, ever since this COVID-19 pandemic swept across the country starting in March. Um, so, so preface that with uh, everything we say to right now in this, uh, in this podcast could change. And uh, that's just the way things go nowadays. But, you know, joining me to, to talk about this and to tackle some of these questions is uh, Damien Sordelet. Many of you know him or, or should know him of the Lynchburg News in advance. Damien, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well, John. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's been a while since I've been on here. I think uh, last time I was on was in 2018 with Chad uh, when he had me on for a podcast. And uh, uh, it's been a while, so glad to get back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's unusual that we do anything like this in, in June or even July, but uh, you know, thought it'd be a good time just to kind of chat about. Uh, what the upcoming season could look like, if there will be a season at all. Uh, obviously, we're talking football here. Uh, with Liberty scheduled to open the season September 5th at Virginia Tech in uh, Blacksburg. Um, as we all know, there were, uh, you know, some uh, student athletes have been allowed back on campus starting June 1st. And as the athletic department announced late last week, uh, football, men's and women's basketball teams are pretty much all on campus right now starting uh, this past Monday, June 15th, uh, as they begin voluntary workouts in closed session with strength and training, uh, strength and conditioning training staff, and um, you know, as they hope to prepare for a, uh, a, a 2020 season. So what are your thoughts, Damien, on, on that? Will there be... Let's just start there. Will there be a 2020 college football season at all? I think there will be, and it's going to come down to the simple fact it, it's it's a revenue generator uh, for all these universities at the Division One level, or particularly FBS. Um, where you'll see it hurt will be Division Two, Division Three, where you don't have those big ad, uh, you know, big television uh, contracts, and then you know, based on you know, attendance, that will hurt them. But I do think there will be a college football season this year. Um, and we'll get into the debate later about what we'll see in terms of a college football season. Will it be that's on the schedule right now? Or are we going to see um, one, uh, one variable, and that's what you've written about, and that's what I've asked you and McCall about, is it's going to be just independents playing each other because conferences are going to their to play only conference games and will Liberty get to play Notre Dame in that regard so I think there will be a college football season I think it will kick off um, you know last weekend of August first weekend of September Uh, but how far we get just depends if we get a second wave before Thanksgiving or if as the forecast are projecting closer to that where you can get you know, the full season end before, you know, the second wave hits. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Damien. I do believe there there will be a college football season in 2020. Um, you know, I feel pretty safe to say I, I'm not going to go out 
and say 100% chance that there will be a season because things can change in, in a moment's notice, as we know. But, um, you know, not 100% positive, but pretty close there uh, to that, you know, 90-plus percent chance that there will be a season. The, as you mentioned, the, the big question comes down to what will that season look like? Will it be a full 12-game season? Will there be uh, conference-only games, uh, as you kind of alluded to, uh, w- with an eight or nine game season, um, you know, all those sort of things are kind of kind of what we're looking at. So, you know, we've talked about it. R- I've written about it some on acred.com, and um, you know, maybe Liberty goes into that's one of the things. Uh, pretty much all we've heard uh, from Athletic Director Ian McCall is that Liberty has talked to each of the independents about possibly doing home and homes with each of them uh, in 2020. Um, to get out to what would that be about 10, 10 games for the for the year if Notre Dame's included, which I I don't think I, if you're a Liberty fan out there and, and want Liberty to play Notre Dame as I do, uh, I I don't think I'd get my hopes up. I don't see that happening. Uh, first of all, I think it's more likely that they play a full season as opposed to just conference games only. Um, you know, and Notre Dame has that schedule alliance with with the ACC. Uh, so I think they, they will likely play ACC games as opposed to independent uh, teams. Uh, they, they might make room for like an Army or, or certainly a Navy or, or something like that. I know Navy's not independent. But, um, you know, so let's say, Damian, that there is not a full 12-game season. Um, you know, what do you think is the most likely? And I know we've heard about – or talked about, um, you know, the independents playing home and homes and, and, you know, include Notre Dame if you want to. But um, do you think that's realistic for Liberty? I mean, because you're including uh, a lot of the reasons why some of these teams are doing this is to get traveling to be limited. But uh, if you look at these independents, you're talking about uh, New Mexico State, which that's a flight, obviously, UConn. Uh, UMass, which those are certainly long bus trips. And I know when Liberty's played UMass the past two seasons, those have been flights. Um, so do you think that's reasonable or, or feasible that if everything falls through with the 2020 season, as we know, and teams go to, to conference-only schedules, that Liberty can pull off a schedule, a full schedule with eight-plus games just playing independence? Yeah, it's going to be tricky, um, and it depends on where hot spots are. If uh, the coronavirus pandemic is the reason for uh, going to an abbreviated season and limiting travel by only playing conference uh, opponents, uh, you have to look at the Northeast. Um, that's been an area like New York that's been hit particularly hard. And then you have to wonder, is Massachusetts, Connecticut, are those areas where you know you have a hot high concentration of COVID cases. And that's something you have to consider that, you know, you're going to be making, you know, flights to the Hartford airport. And, you know, is that area going to be particularly hit hard or is it somewhere where you feel like as you've seen trends and we've, that's been one of the big talking points is trends, seven day trends, 14 day trends when it comes to this pandemic is how are those trends looking? Um, I have a feeling you could play a game uh, at West Point uh, because uh, being an Army base it is somewhat secluded and they could probably monitor who all goes in and comes out and really keep um, you know the team isolated on and you know all the cadets 
isolated on campus, and then you just limit how many people can come in uh, for a game. And I'm sure, you know, Army, that's another flight as well. And you know, there's a small airport near West Point that you could fly into that would minimize your risk if you, instead of flying to, say, LaGuardia or uh, one of the airports there in New York City. Um, you know, that that's an option. And I think Army might be the safer bet uh, for playing up in the, in, in the Northeast because of how isolated you could have West Point. Uh, BYU, uh, that we, that's another flight. Um, it's a lengthy flight, too. Um, so you have that in New Mexico State. Uh, you just have to see how the cases are trending in those areas to see if it's worth it. And if you go back and read the Q&A I did with Ian McCall uh, last month, um, he said the reason why you know, you're seeing teams, uh, these their programs on campus scheduling so close is because the further out you go, the more risk you have for cancellation or something else popping up because – you know, potential trend coming up where, you know, you have a trend moving upward in terms of spikes or cases, and then all of a sudden, you know, one program has to shut down or one state has to shut down. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that happens, and that's probably going to be the reason why we go to an abbreviated schedule. And it would be tricky for Liberty because now you have to monitor Utah, New Mexico, uh, and the three states in the Northeast to see. Uh, you know, what's going on there. Speaking with Damien Sordelet of the Lynchburg News in Advance, uh, Damien, and it may be foolish for us to even talk about it now, it may be foolish to, to really talk about anything regards to the 2020 season here in mid-June, but uh, what about the bowl season? Um, you know, I know that's six to seven months away, um, but, but what are you thinking about what could we see when it comes to a bowl season? Will there be a bowl season uh, will it be played in December or January? Because I know there's a lot of talk about a second wave coming up, and you're hearing a lot of schools, including Liberty, that's kind of uh, quote-unquote shutting down after Thanksgiving in lieu of a possible second wave coming at that at that time. Uh, do you think there will be bowls played uh, after the 2020 season? Ooh, that's, that's a million-dollar question right now, and that literally is the million-dollar question for a lot of – programs because you know the bowl revenues are a big deal for these for these programs that you know feed into uh you know the rest of the athletic programs at these institutions and uh, you know that's a tricky question to answer because uh, you know it goes back to uh the trends that i was talking about are we seeing a trends in uh cases going up or down and a lot of these bowl games are in florida and right now the trends are going up in terms of cases and um, there's some bowl games in North Carolina there's some trends going up there as evidenced by you know the NASCAR all-star race moving from Charlotte Motor Speedway to Bristol Motor Speedway um, for next month and you know that's an adverse effect for North Carolina losing uh, you know an all-star race in a major sport like NASCAR uh, so you just have to look at you know a lot of these are tourist destinations, especially in the winter, and you probably have to take into account, you know, how many people are you going to see coming from different states to this area? It could be asymptomatic or symptomatic and not really showing when they're going through the process of getting to these states, and then all of a sudden you have the potential for um, hotspots to develop because you have um, people who are showing symptoms or not showing symptoms 
mingling with you know those who are touring uh, locals as well. Uh, so that's something to take in consideration that you know a lot of these you know you're gonna have to weigh those risks and rewards. And I think there will be now. I'm saying there was a 50% chance of a bowl season. I know you said 90% chance of a college football season. Uh, I'm saying 50% for bowl because we just don't have the data to say uh, what the trend's going to look like. And maybe there's a vaccine by the time bowl season's around and uh, you're able to take that before you travel uh, to, you know, a tourist destination. Uh, because, you know, as you remember last year in Orlando, um, there were a lot of people there for the Cure Bowl and because you're at these uh, resort locations. Um, you have to factor in how many people are you going to interact with at these tourist destinations before you go to a bowl game. So uh, that's a lot, of, a lot of things to consider and uh, something that, you know, people are probably already monitoring because they want to be able to have these bowl games because of the TV revenue that comes from uh, being on, from, you know, the games being on national television, um, you know, conferences, independence, you know, they want that, the bowl money to come in because that does, uh, you know, pay for a lot of uh, the season. So, or pay for a lot of your athletic programs, uh, my, my mistake there. So it'll be interesting to see that. And I think, you know, you'll want, programs will want the bowl games to be played, but it'll just depend on what we're looking at in terms of the numbers and the data. Yeah, it, it will be interesting to see what happens. And I guess the most important thing is let's get a 2020 season started and, and underway before we really get too concerned about bowls. And that's something that I'm sure will happen. And it's something we'll be talking about throughout the season, I, I would imagine, as uh, we have more information and, and kind of understand what exactly the, the 2020 season will be and, and what it looks like. Um, moving on to, to, like, fans. That's That's a – hot topic right now as, as it looks like there will be a, a season in some uh, some shape and form um, how, how many fans will be in attendance uh, and this is something that I think we'll see uh, that, that varies by state to state uh, I know you've seen uh, the Texas governor came out and said that they can have 50 plus capacity now um, I think there was also an article I read last week that said uh, University of Missouri athletic director said he wouldn't be surprised if it went up to 75% or even 100% of capacity by time season starts. Uh, but then again, you also got states like California, who was uh, a few months ago, I guess, was threatening to not even have any athletics uh, played in, in 2020. Um, you know, it, it, a lot of this is very political and can be, but um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts about um, what we could see in regards to, to fans? Um, will there be fans at all for, and let's focus just at least to start with on Williams Stadium at, at Liberty for the six home games. Will there be fans at all for those games? Uh, what percentage of capacity? Um, what are your thoughts on, on some of those things? Based on what I've heard from Governor Ralph Northam and how delicate he's been with reopening the state and whether or not you agree or disagree with his politics, I think he's done the right thing in terms of gradually reopening the state and making sure it's being done safely. Um, right now, I'm thinking 50%. You know, I could be wrong. We could see a higher percentage of, of capacity uh 
as we get closer to September. Uh, but right now, 50% seems to be the logical thought in that you're able to space um, everyone out within the stadium uh, relatively safely. And I know there'll be some season ticket holders who will be like, well, I'm not going to be able to sit in the seat that, you know, I've purchased and, you know, I've always had. Uh, but in this instance, you know, concession is going to have to be made if you're able to, you know, get into the stadium. And then another question that will probably have to be addressed later on is um, how do you determine who gets into the stadium if you have a reduced capacity? And I've seen like Iowa State has come out and said that right now they're only selling 30,000 tickets and those are only season tickets and those are going to be right now the only people they allow into the stadium uh, for games to make sure it's only at 50% capacity and then if as they get closer to the date if um, restrictions have been lifted and it looks better then they'll begin selling general admission tickets, uh, student tickets, uh, so that way they can begin filling the stadium. Now, I have a feeling that's going to be something similar to what we see um, at Williams Stadium, is that you will initially have your season ticket uh, holders available and you know let, let them have priority for seating, and then you go based on what the state is requiring. And if they don't, if they have it uh, capped at fifty percent, then you go. If your season ticket holders don't get to fifty percent, then you try to find ways to get creative. How do you get? How do you appeal to your general mission audience, and how do you appeal to your student body of making sure you know you can get as many people in there as possible safely and also at the state limit? Uh, so that's something that I'm sure is going to be a headache uh, for anyone running the ticket office or media or. You know, relations at the univers at any university because now you have to say, you know, we're going to let these people in, but not let other people in. Uh, so that's going to be something that's going to be tricky to navigate. And I, you know, right now I'm going to say 50% capacity until you know we hear something else uh, from Governor Northam to see whether you know he wants to um, you know increase capacity for outdoor sporting events and see if we can get closer to phase three in Virginia in terms of reopening the state before we get to September 5th. Speaking with Damon, sort of led of the Lynchburg News in advance, uh, one of the things that we've seen here in recent weeks and months, uh, even from Liberty, which which is a little bit of a surprise, um, especially given President Falwell's uh, history and what he, norm- what he normally does, how he, how he likes to uh, kind of go his own way when it comes to his peers, other university presidents and, and chancellors. Uh, but one thing that we've seen a lot, you mentioned the Iowa uh, University, University of Iowa's uh, current plan. But one thing we've seen a lot is a lot of these universities seem to be, I don't know if mimicking is the right word, but kind of copying other schools and trying, you know, they don't want to be the outlier. They don't want to be the one school that does something drastically different than another school so you've seen some schools like in Iowa kind of take the lead as far as capacity or ticketing plans go for the 2020 season and it seems like a lot of schools will probably just kind of piggyback on what they've done Um, I've heard both from President Falwell and from Ian McCall the athletic director at Liberty that they are also planning and looking at what other schools are doing 
uh, Iowa included. Uh, Notre Dame's another one Liberty's always paying attention to, um, you know, because they don't want to necessarily jump out and, and do something a little crazy. Um, so, so I think that's something that, that we'll, we'll see. So I think you've probably looked at the Iowa ticketing plan more in depth than I have. Sounds like what you're saying is currently there is no plan for students to get admittance into University of Iowa home football games unless they happen to be a, a, a season ticket holder. Would that be accurate? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, what's going on is there. So, and the athletic did a great piece on this as well as who who is who who are going to get in. And is it going to be your big time boosters, uh, those who have money? Um, that's going to be something that's going to be hotly debated is if you're a student and you have the money to afford a season ticket that's not at the student price, do you go ahead and get that so that way you have the opportunity to be you know, in the stadium for games? And so right now I think the – and I've seen like I think Virginia Tech's doing something similar. Um, if, I read the, if I remember reading this correctly about a month ago is they are um, – they aren't – they don't have general admission tickets available. Student tickets aren't available right now. They're doing like season tickets. Um, so, and, but they're not assigning where you're sitting yet. Uh, and that's something that I think Liberty would do as well. And I'm, that's what Liberty has done by, by not having the president's day event where, uh, you have your season ticket holders, um, coming in and, selecting where their seats are going to be. Uh, they're pushing that off until, you know, there's more clarity on the situation. Like, are you know, will there be a season or not? Or, you know, what percentage of people will be allowed in the stadium? So I think, you know, that's something that, you know, I think Liberty is going to follow. And I think every other university in the country is going to be following to see how, how's one going to handle this? And is it the right way? Or do you need to find someone else? And I think, uh, you know, President Falwell mentioned Purdue in terms of the reopening process of the university. And he cited uh, Purdue's uh, president of, you know, yeah, I agree with what he says about, you know, in terms of, you know, these college-age kids are at lower risk of contracting uh, the, the virus, and we need them back on campus, and we need to do it, you know, responsibly. And, you know, they've outlined the plan for how they are, allowing students to return back and that, you know, them like Liberty, like so many other universities is come Thanksgiving break, the kids are going to go home and stay home and finish up the semester online. So I think, you know, you know, Falwell's done the right thing recently um, after what happened with, uh, you know, the controversy and all the publicity after, you know, spring break allowing the students to return is, um, you know, he's allowing these other universities to take the lead. And he's saying, you know, we're going to do what, you know, take the plans that these other universities have and say, you know, they're great. They might have to tweak it for Liberty. But I think that's a that's probably the smart play. So that way, you know, if someone calls him out, he can say, well, we're doing exactly what this university is doing. Why aren't you calling them out? So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how um, these universities play it. And um, I think once some of the bigger universities, and not taking away anything from Iowa State, but I'm waiting for Michigan, Texas, Ohio State, Alabama to come out and say, here's what their plans are. And then I think that will that will have a domino effect into what we see play out with how other universities uh, 
dictate, you know, in terms of season ticket sales and how much they open their uh, their stadiums to fans. Yeah, agreed on that. Um, you know, so let's go ahead and, and use that 50% capacity number. That That's uh, one that I think is, is realistic, um, at least to start the season. And as we get closer, if things continue to, to go down, we still got over two and a half months, almost three months to go before the season starts. So things will certainly change. But let's just play with that 50% capacity number real quick. So at Williams Stadium, if, if that's the max that they're going to go to, the current capacity with the recent expansions is 25,000. So that means that Liberty would be limited to 12,500 fans in attendance. Um, last year, 2019, the football uh, season ticket numbers were, were right about 5,000 sold for the year, and that, that's all-time high. Um, so considering a similar number, which – um, if you that's what you have to get to guarantee your spot, that number will likely increase. But let's just go ahead and say there, there's another 5,000 season tickets in 2020. So that leaves 7,500 seats, if you will, remaining. Um, h- how do you determine who gets those seats? That's a great question. I think that is also going to be another you know, question that needs to be addressed. And, um, I think the logical guess would be students because if you go based off what President Falwell said about how the students are least likely to contract the virus because of you know age, immune system, whatnot, you know you would feasibly think you know if they're at a smaller risk of contracting this virus, then why not open up the the students? And then you would have to responsibly space out the students at these. At the at Williams Stadium, and you know the students love sitting together, so you have to find a way to safely move them around on the east side of the stadium, probably upper deck and lower deck, and then you put all the season ticket holders on you know the Baptist side over there on the west side of the stadium. And you have loge boxes, well, not loge boxes yet, but you have new suites and everything, so you would be able to get some people who would be able to be kind of isolated and that would help as well. And that might actually help Liberty as well, because if you have, you know, more seating capacity in these suites where you can kind of sit isolated and not really mingle with fans, you know, that helps a tremendous amount. Um, Not getting on and off the elevator before and after games, that might be a little dicey, but Again, um, something that can be looked into, and I think logically students would be the first one because Liberty has always seemed to cater to students. Um, so, um, but if there is a high demand for season ticket for single game ticket sales, uh, then you might have to revisit that and go. Do you go where the money is, or do you go where you know the students who are paying the dues and all these other things, um, you know, to help fund, uh, you know athletics and, and the such uh do you reward them uh for what um you know for being a student so uh that would be a dicey subject to uh debate but i think you know logically you put students in the in the stands first because they are have the least likely chance of um contracting and spreading the virus well not spreading because they mingle quite a bit so they would probably um have you'd probably have a hot spot if one person contracted it but the likelihood that they would catch it is much lower than you would say a, 
a middle-aged or older individual coming to the stadium. Damian, appreciate your time, and hopefully there will be a 2020 season that we can more dissect Liberty's football roster, team makeup, schedule, and all the like, and we can move on from talking about uh, coronavirus, science, and things of that nature. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting a little tired about having to write coronavirus pandemic in these articles. So the, the faster we can get to writing about sports, the better. All right, thanks, Damian. Uh, look forward to seeing you again soon. And this has been a special edition of the Sea Red podcast. Hope you guys are doing well. Talk to you soon.